That's what's doing it. You're no longer preoccupied with sex, so your mind is able to focus. You think? Yeah. I mean, let's say this is your brain, okay? Now, from what I know about you, your brain consists of two parts. The intellect, represented here, and the part obsessed with sex. Now, granted, you have extracted an astonishing amount from this little scrap. But with no sex, Louise, this previously useless lump is now functioning for the first time in its existence. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. Happy New Manium, everyone, and welcome back to Bidwabask, uh, the first episode for 2019. I'm Stephen. I'm Ivan, and yes, it, it's the first for 2019 if you are, I guess... A Patreon listener. A Patreon, yeah, that's right. The second episode if you're a normal listener. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I hope your Christmas and New Year's, or your Festivus, or your <laughs> Hanukkah, or whatever you do, or, or don't do, was great. Um, yeah. And I hope 2019's been awesome for you so far. We had an awesome break. Yeah. How did you go? What did you get up to? I drove 6,000 kilometres, oh, and I goodness. had many, many Seinfeldisms. I was up in Brisbane. Yes. Uh, Sydney. Sydney and Noosa, so all over the East Coast. Of Australia. Of Australia, <laughs> yes, not of America, um, unless there's a Sydney, Brisbane and, and Noosa elsewhere. Probably not a Noosa, because that's is, an Indigenous name. But. There is actually a Brisbane, I think, in California. I've Googled oh, wow. this before. And there's a Melbourne in Florida. Yes, I've, I've heard of Melbourne, Florida. I think yeah. I typed in Melbourne on Wikipedia once or maybe <laughs> Google Maps or something, and it came up with Melbourne FL. Yeah. There is a Tilbury, which is my last name in England as well. Oh, lovely. Yeah, my parents went there once, and uh, they told some guy on the street that they came over there. They, were, they, were, they didn't go over there for that, but they were there to check it out because it's, you know, my family name. Yeah. And this guy just pissed himself laughing. He goes, <laughs> why would you come all the way from Australia to visit this shithole? Because why the hell not? <laughs> well, yeah, this guy was just like, because Tilbury's a small uh, port town. Yep. No one goes there. It's just sort of, it's kind of run down and it's an older town. It yeah. doesn't have much of a tourism industry. Hmm. And this guy told his mate and uh, they were both just pissing themselves laughing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe that I got when I was in the US late last year. Mm. Went to Phoenix and a lot of Uber drivers were like, what the hell are you doing in Phoenix? Because yeah. they're like, where have you been? Oh, LA, Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Phoenix. Why Phoenix? I guess like it's just what? not a tourist. I mean, it's the sixth biggest city in America. I learned that the other day. It is, actually. and it's really wide. Like, some places we had to drive, like, 15 miles just to go somewhere. It's like, what? Well, they've got all that space. Uh, yeah, so it's like LA. Why not build out? I know, it's crazy. Indeed. But indeed. yeah, I get what you mean. Anyway, we are talking about Seinfeld as we do every week, and this is, what, the 83rd episode we've ever done? That's right. Yeah, something like that. And this week, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we normally talk about the secondary characters of the show. Uh, we'll be going through a bit of a plot, plot synopsis uh, of this week's episode, which is The Abstinence. The Abstinence, yes. Uh, yeah, great episode from Season 8. Classic episode as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. I really loved the uh, George subplot. I found the episode to be a bit lacking in parts. Okay. Um, I loved the George subplot. I think it's one of Jason Alexander's best performances on yeah. Seinfeld. I reckon it's one of... Especially the scene which we'll talk about in the plot synopsis with him and the two Yankees uh, players. You that's, know? A good, that's a good shot. That's a great... And that's one of his finest George performances. And the so uh, the, the birthplace for a very well-known meme of that smug, like, uh, uh, shot of George's head. Six George's games. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favourite part of this episode was the uh, lettuce brain metaphor. Oh, yeah. Like this, goes, this granted, is Granted, you have extracted a lot out of this little scrap. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that episode. <laughs> and this, the rest of this is all about sex. Yes. Yes, indeed. This is a part of Sass with Sex. Yes. And, and as we do uh, for every other week, uh, we also have Seinfeldisms. I've actually got one for the first time in like a month, so that's More exciting. More than that. It's been a while. And it's been a while. It's been a while like uh, like George. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You've had a Seinfeld abstin- a Seinfeldisms abstinence. Yeah, that's nice, right. Nice. And I've actually gotten smarter. Would you true, true. <laughs> <laughs> and no, also, uh, no prospect of sex for you, so you, you, you become an intellect. Yeah, basically. An intellectual. Indeed. And uh, also we have this week's Seinfeld trivia, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about some secondary characters. That's right. As we normally do. Before we do, uh, and before we get on with Seinfeld news, if you want to get in touch with us, we have an email address, bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. We're on all uh, podcast apps, services. Mm-hmm. If you want to subscribe or leave us a review, that would be amazing. Yes. We're also on Patreon. Uh, if you want to get our episodes a week early, you can. Patreon.com forward slash P-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Yes. Uh, we have one, two, and $5 a month. That's Australian uh, tiers. Mm-hmm. And they give you varying levels of access to content. Uh, specifically Season 10. That's right. You do get early access to Season 10. Uh, you can just go to Patreon and find all that out. But in the meantime, by the time this episode goes out to the general public, you would have already heard Episode 1 of Season 10, which we did uh, a few months ago. So uh, That's you, right, yeah. Yeah, so which we recorded previously only for Patreon. So you're probably like, Patreon-only series, what the hell? Well, yeah. it was when we recorded, but just disregard the Patreon References. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we've started releasing our season ten episodes on our normal feed, uh, but they're about six weeks behind. So if you want to get uh, the episodes earlier, again, you can go to Patreon. That's right. Why don't we talk about some Seinfeld news? Yeah. Okay, everyone, this is covering uh, about three weeks of Seinfeld news. Uh, normally, a lot would happen in three weeks, but not as much as you think. Every, Seinfeld and everything, the Seinfeld uh, universe, t- Seinfeld energies took a break over Christmas and New Year's. They did. Uh, now, I could imagine, I won't. I haven't read your news articles that you have today, but I assume one of them is pretty uh, significant when it comes to the Seinfeld community, a bit divisive, if yes, you will. Yes, I is will Is that be, the one I'm thinking of? It is, You're yep. bustling to, uh, to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, if you're a Seinfeld fan, maybe you read this if you're part of uh, Facebook groups as well. I'm sure every Seinfeld fan has heard it. It's actually been on mainstream news, yeah. this thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's caused quite a quite a ruckus. Mm. Uh, I will be talking about that. But uh, first of all, oh. I just wanted to acknowledge the passing of Bob Einstein. Oh, yes. Rest in peace, Bob. Yeah. So yeah. he has acted on Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, he's also guested on Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Yes. Uh, one of the earlier seasons, I can't remember, uh, with Jerry. Uh, and Jerry posted a really nice tribute to him. It's about a five-minute tribute on Twitter. Um, and Larry David released a statement as well. And uh, a whole other bunch of comedians and and, and uh, people in Hollywood acknowledged his his presence and importance to comedy and writing and just Hollywood in general. So and, Yeah, and it was sad because I'm a, I'm a pro wrestling fan, and on the same day, the WWF commentator or the uh, interviewer, Mean Gene Oakland, died on the same day. Oh. The guy who used to interview, you know, Hulk Hogan and stuff. I was never a wrestling oh, fan, so... Man, yeah. he died on the same day. Damn. And I'm like, oh, this is so sad. That's rough, man. Two idols gone. Two idols gone. I know. Rest in peace to both yeah. of you. I didn't realize that Einstein was still alive. Jeez. <laughs> oh, anyway, too soon? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes. <laughs> you just ruined a really touching moment. You can cut this out. <laughs> no, 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 leave it. It wouldn't be me. <laughs> no. It wouldn't be me if I didn't put my foot in it. It's snarky. That's it. Uh, moving on to less sad, but uh, not happy news. Uh, as you mentioned before, Bustle released an article 
It's called These 13 Jokes from Seinfeld Are Actually Super Offensive. Yes, that includes the soup Nazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the writer, whose name I didn't note, uh, listed 13 gags uh, or 13 episode premises from the show that wouldn't fly in 2018 slash 2019. Yes, a couple of things I want to make, because I did put this on Facebook. I put, like, my responses to the 13 reasons yeah. of them, but I won't go through them, obviously, too long. Yep. But the only one that I agree with wholeheartedly is the Puerto Rican Day flag sure. incident. I mean, yep. that I can understand. Yep. You know, burning a nation's flag, yep. that's a bit shitty. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty blatant. But dumb shit like, oh, Japanese people in drawers. Yep. Uh, you know that references capsule hotels in Tokyo? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and the way the Japanese people, like, compartmentalise you know, everything, including hotels yeah. and beds. So, well, you know. I mean, Japan's a small place. There's a lot of people who live there. So and real natu- estate's natu- really prime. Yeah, naturally yeah. space is uh, is a luxury. That's right. You know, including even hotel rooms. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I could understand in some way, if, if I stretch my imagination, how someone may find it offensive. But I don't think many Japanese people would care. Um, one, Seinfeld isn't big in Japan. And I'm sure even Japanese people who live in other countries would probably have enough of a sense of humour to go, yeah, you're right. Some of our places are small. <laughs> are small indeed, yeah. yeah I, know. I mean, we could talk about this. We could do an entire episode just on this article. Yeah. But we'd also be feeding the trolls too. That's right. You know, and, and another thing to note as well, like a lot of people have said on the Facebook groups and stuff, oh, millennials hate Seinfeld. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Steve and I are millennials. Yes. I'm 30 years old. Yeah. And you're 30. And we obviously, we obviously don't hate Seinfeld. No, and you're 33. 34. 34. Nearly 35. <laughs> Shit. 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 So we're millennials and we love Seinfeld, man. Yeah. So yeah. Don't, please don't generalize I think, us. I think millennials please. is still used as the colloquial term for people who are young. Yeah. And it's like, no, millennial. a lot of millennials are getting close to middle-aged. I'm closer to middle-aged than you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In five years, I'll be... Probably f- middle age. I'll be forty. You'll be forty. Yeah. Yes. So they should say Gen Z hates Seinfeld. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know. There are just as many baby boomers who probably hate Seinfeld as there are millennials, Gen Zers. It's just, it's just another old man yells at cloud. Your generation is out of touch. You're young. You don't know. Blah blah blah. Like it. My parents criticize Gen Xs. Gen Xs criticize us. We criticize Gen Z. It's the same shit over and over and it over is, again. Yeah. And it's boring oh, and no. it's dumb. It's dumb. Yes. Generational wars. What yeah. for? Just, but just wait until they find out about shows like Married with Children, oh, yeah. All in the Family. And They've stuff, got a problem you know? with Seinfeld. Then Jeez, Jesus. Watch Married with Children. Jeez, yeah. you, you won't last an episode. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, I did want to quickly, I won't go into each reason no, why this too, person, but ridiculous. I did want to go through each uh, each each joke or premise that this person had a problem with. Yeah, sure. Um, just for the sake, because we have given it a bit of time. We have. Uh, so, number 13 is the joke about George's girlfriend's big nose, and that would be because of appearance issues. Uh, the joke about the handicap spot. Uh, number 11 is when George per- uh, pursues a woman because she can't speak English. Uh, ten is that's the in j- the old man. Yes. The Senegalese made. Uh, yeah, that's right. Cleaner. Yep. yep. The joke about the pigman, uh, when Kramer finds the quote unquote pigman in the hospital. The fat little mental patient. That's right. Yep. Uh, number nine is the Chinese woman. Number eight is when George got caught staring at uh, Denise Richards. Oh, uh, yeah. Who was portrayed as a 15 year old. That's Even right. Even though Denise Richards was in her 20s at no. the time of film. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Cedric and Bob, because they reinforce gay and Latino stereotypes. Uh, number six, when Jerry accidentally gets a man deported. Um, I can understand in this day and age how that might be a bit of a 
hot button issue. But, but Babu uh, does get his revenge in the finale. He does. So, you know. He does. He does. <laughs> it all works out. Yep. And uh, the aforementioned uh, house guests, the Japanese house guests in, uh, or I should say, draw guests in, in the checks. in Kramer's apartment in the checks episode. Yep. Yep. Uh, the joke, quote unquote, joke that someone thinks that Jerry and George are in a same sex relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number three, Kramer uh, stomping on the Puerto Rican flag. Mm-hmm. Which that one I can find. I can imagine that could be sure. perceived as offensive. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and number two, the uh, Indian give a joke, which we talked about a few weeks ago when we did uh, the... The Cigar Store Indian. The, saga, the, uh, the Cigar Store Indian. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. Yep. And number one, surprisingly, in terms of... I don't know if these were listed in terms of importance. I don't, I don't think they were ranked. I think they were just yeah, as they came along. Yeah. Anyway. Number one, and I guess it makes sense being number one because it's the most high profile, is just the the Soup Nazi. And and the reason, I, like, I, like Stephen mentioned, we won't go through every single reason and what we think, but that one I find the most jarring. Yep. Basically... Her justification, the the writer's justification was because of that she thinks that it'll embolden neo Nazis yep. being called a Nazi. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. No, you know what I mean. I mean, if there's data or proof, sure, I'll <laughs> I'll I'll support it. But anyway, yeah, a lot of this the the point that she was making was very clear and understandable, and I agree with it. But the arguments or the uh, the proof to back up her argument was weak. It was but, just yeah. like... They fall flat, don't they? Yeah, it's yeah. it's very weak. Anyway, that's enough time spent on it. Uh, have a read, go to Bustle, and uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, please. I, I'd be curious to see what you think of the uh, the article. Yeah, I yeah, mean... let us know. The, the, the cool thing about these sort of things is, unless people are being abusive or just dumb online, is that they cause discussion about, about the show, about issues, and that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the third bit of Seinfeld news and the final bit uh, for this week is actually a response article to the aforementioned Bustle article. So a writer at Daily Wire uh, basically shat on the article that shat on Seinfeld jokes from the yeah. 90s not being relevant now. I'm pretty sure Daily Wire are a conservative media outlet. Maybe. I'm quite sure in the I'm US. Not, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I've heard, heard of them before. I've heard of them. I don't know yeah. what, their, what their agenda is. Yeah. Um, and even that article was weak. It was basically, <laughs> young people are too sensitive, wah, 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 wah. So basically. the original article was pretty weak. The response, the criticism was pretty weak. The whole thing's just a non-point. It's like, yeah. don't watch it, fine. It doesn't hold up, fine. It doesn't hold up to 2018 standards, perfectly fine. But don't demonise others who enjoy it and listen and yeah. watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If you've got an issue with it, cool. Talk about it with your mates. Write an article, cool. But... Other than that, it's just a TV show. Yeah. You know, there's there's so much stuff that is more important of if course. these things are important to you. Like, go out there and protest or go out there and write a letter to a politician or go out there and talk to your mates about racism or, or whatever bothers you. Don't criticise a fictional sitcom from 20 years ago because yeah. you're, not, you're not contributing to the greater good of what these issues, you know, uh, 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 you know what these issues are yeah. anyway and don't protest near St Kilda Beach because no. you might find some literal Nazis uh, that's true <laughs> like what happened last week and some Queensland senators who march in support of you yeah and charge $2,800 for the uh, privilege of flying down from Brisbane to and, uh, to Melbourne and say that uh, did you hear his response on ABC Radio oh, I don't want to know oh, okay what he, goes, he goes the ABC cost $7 billion to taxpayers and you guys should have shut down years ago yeah and then the, res- the reporter goes we may cost a lot more than your flight to, to Melbourne, but uh, we don't support Nazis at, at, at racist rallies. And yeah, it's exactly. just like, <laughs> but who pays 2800 bucks from a flight from Brisbane to Melbourne? A business class. It's like a two hour flight. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Stupid. Anyway, anyway, more dollars and cents. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Let's take a break, and uh, after that, we'll get into the synopsis of this week's episode on Bidwabask the abstinence. Hi, this is Zach and Aaron from Seinfeld Law. And uh, you are listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. 
We are talking today about the Season 8 episode, The Abstinence. And uh, today's secondary characters, Steve, we have Sol Goodman. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have George's episode girlfriend, Louise. Uh, we also have Katie, who is Jerry's assist- assistant, rather, appearing in her second and final episode of the show. Uh, also, Mrs. Burns, no relation to Monty. Uh, she is the teacher from the school that Jerry goes to to... Uh, do his chat in the assembly. And we have the tobacco industry defence lawyer, Miss Wilkie. That's right. Yeah. I've Who do also, you have? I've got some, uh, other than those characters, I've also got some notes on the smoker, uh, Larry the cook from Monks, uh, and also woman. She's just credited as woman. Woman? Woman. Which one was woman? She's the woman. The woman. She's the woman in the episode. You know the woman? The one, the female? She's that one. Okay. Great. <laughs> we'll find out later on. Woman number four. <laughs> no, no, just woman. Woman. Okay. Just woman. Great. Yeah. Oh, Portuguese waitress. Woman. No, no, just woman. Oh, okay. Yep. Woman. She's All credited right. as woman. Okay. She's in the script as woman. Okay. And you'll find out who she is. And she's woman. Yep, she's a woman. Fantastic. Yep. Assuming your gender. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> First aired in the US on November 21st, 1996, directed by the legendary Andy Ackerman, written by Steve Corrin, or Steve Corn, like you said before we recorded. Before we started recording, I said, <laughs> cool. this episode was, because I, I was typing out my notes and I obviously forgot to type the E and I was like, huh, this guy's this guy's named Steve Corn. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> George's girlfriend Louise, she's played by Tamara Bick, has mononucleosis. I had to Google what that was. It's glandular fever. Yep. Yeah, there you hmm. go. Didn't know it was called that. There you go. So he can't have sex with her for six weeks. Uh, Elaine has met a doctor named Ben, played by Bob Odenkirk, who has almost gotten his license to practice medicine. Jerry agrees to appear at a career day at his former junior high school, but he's bumped back because the children love the zoo worker. Then when he's about to go on, there's a fire drill. Get in line, Jerry. Single file, Jerry. And I love how he just jumps in with the kids. Yeah, he just complies. <laughs> he complies. Yeah, so I love good. how she lambasts him and he just... Puts his head down and reverts back to, you know, probably childhood at school yeah. where you just had to listen to what the teacher said, even though he's an adult. It's so good. It was like very, very subtle, but yeah. it worked really nice. Uh, Kramer lights up a cigar in Monks and is asked to leave by Larry the Cook, played by Lawrence Mandley. Uh, he meets out others on the street who face his dilemma, so he opens up his, an apartment, his apartment as a smoking lounge. Jerry's agent gets him a whole assembly at the school. George's lack of sex makes his mind sharper. He finds he's learning new things quickly and is now smart. Elaine learns how much her doctor boyfriend doesn't know about medicine which, when he is unable to help a diner customer experiencing a medical emergency. Elevate his legs. Yeah, yeah, elevate yeah that's his right. Leg. Elevate yeah, that's his right. Legs. Elevate his legs. She uses George's technique of abstinence to help him study to get his license, but in the process, she becomes stupid. I don't know no Portuguese. <laughs> I don't know no Portuguese. My brain over the last three days, it's just been not, not good. <laughs> yeah. It's like Homer when he's dumb, when he hits his head or something, and he goes, that thing you dig. Spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoon, yeah, <laughs> spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that you use to dig food yeah, with. You yeah. mean a spoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminded me yeah. of. Spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, later in the episode, she begs Jerry to have sex with her again because she wants to clear her mind. Uh, is Kramer home? <laughs> is Kramer home? <laughs> She's so desperate. She'd I fuck know. Kramer just to get her rocks off. Just to get her rocks off and just to become smart just to, again. Just to clear the, the brain garbage. <laughs> As, uh, 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 as as Jerry so excellently right. puts it. Yeah, with the during the garbage strike. Yeah. <laughs> Making him sure the strike's over. Yeah. Uh, Jerry turns it down because the situation is too weird. Because Kramer's... You can even read the paper. <laughs> yeah, for all I care. And I love how thing. Jerry considers it for a few seconds. Yeah, he goes, he's actually keen. And then he goes, oh, no, 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 it's just too weird. <laughs> he's so keen on it too. <laughs> yeah. How good's that? 
Um, because Kramer's been smoking heavily, his face becomes leathery and hideous. Jerry struggles to find out how to fill two hours in front of a junior high crowd. George, however, creates a presentation for Jerry's assembly. He uses his newfound intellect to give batting advice to New York Yankees players Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams, and to learn Portuguese. Kramer sees his lawyer Jackie Childs, played by Phil Morris, and this is, Stephen, we mentioned this, or I mentioned this before we started recording. This is the first episode we've done where Jackie's in it. Yes. Out of all the episodes we've done, this is the first. The only time we've mentioned him in the context of an episode is when we did What's the Deal with Sue Ellen Mishki. Yes. Because she is in, in the, the... That's right. Mm, the bra uh, doesn't fit. That's right. Yes. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, this is the first episode with him in it, which is surprising because he's yeah. a very, very popular secondary character. And a very likeable one too. And that's right. uh, you never know, he might turn up uh, later on in our season. Wink, wink. Who knows? In the next few weeks. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> um, so Kramer goes to Jackie about a case against the tobacco company for ruining his good looks, as his looks are his livelihood. He gets a settlement without Jackie's input. It turns out he gets a billboard with his face on it in Times Square, like much we... to Charles' displeasure. <laughs> I like it when uh, when uh, is Jackie's little... trying to frighten the, the uh, what's her name, Mrs. Wilkie? Yeah. The, uh, the lawyer? Yeah. And... Um, and he goes, by the end of the month, he'll just be a shrunken head. <laughs> he'll just be a shrunken head. <laughs> like, D- what are you? He's like, who are you kidding? He's a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> he's a go- I think he has a rugged and masculine quality. <laughs> who are you kidding? Man's a goblin. <laughs> Man's a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> can love me. <laughs> and that scene's a, awesome, too. It's so good. And there's a gif where Jackie's smiling, then Kramer smiles back with mm. his um, brown teeth. Yep, it's like yep, a gif. Yep. I've always wanted a piece of those guys. <laughs> I've always wanted a piece of those guys. <laughs> George calculates the odds of having sex with a Portuguese waitress and concludes that statistically, he has to do it. I had to do it, Jerry. Yeah, I calculate. What is it? Mathematically, I calculated the odds of having sex with a Portuguese woman again. I, ha- I just had to do it. Statistically, Jerry. I had to do it, Jerry. I had to do it, Jerry. <laughs> he arrives at the school to meet Jerry. You got lost. You've been. This is where we went to junior high for three yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. He arrives at the school to meet Jerry, but starts behaving stupidly. Jerry realizes that George has had sex. Oh no! You had sex with Louise. No, no, no the Portuguese woman. Portuguese woman. So he can no longer do his presentation. Jerry goes in, tells a joke, and is greeted by booze. Yep. What's to do with homework? You can't work on your home. I love the booze. Yeah. It's just like one guy going boo. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when. Uh, boo. I like it when Jerry goes. You know, uh, George goes. You know, I'm not going on anymore. And Jerry goes, Why are you here? Then he goes to tell you about the Portuguese. He drove there just to say that he got laid. By by a young, sexy, hot Portuguese waitress. So good. (laughs) So good. And I noticed, Stephen, that that backstage area looks like the same one from the butter shave. Yes. It does. Remember how Kramer, he's covered in butter and then uh, he gets all the spices... Yeah, mixed up by accident. Probably a reused tries to set. Eat it. it probably is. That just reminded me of it. It's like, hang on, that looks yeah. very familiar. Yeah, it was used later in a. I mean, they could nine. they could have even in redressed season. it for you know when Jerry's on talk shows and stuff. You know, he's been backstage like in the puffy shirt and oh, things like yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. they probably just you know redress it and put yeah. some new furniture in there. And yeah, <laughs> why not? It's like a new set. That's right. Yes. Uh, episode trivia. Oh, I was just going to mention one more thing. Oh, okay. Uh, Elaine's boyfriend. It's a long synopsis as it they is. are in season eight. Yeah. And nine. Uh, Elaine's boyfriend gets his license and dumps her, leaving her sexually frustrated. The, the dream of the doctor is once you get your license to break up with the person you're with. Yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> that's all point of becoming that's a doctor. Point of becoming a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Later, talk show host David Letterman informs Jerry his appearance has been cancelled because he bombed at the middle school assembly. <laughs> it was weird seeing uh, Letterman, uh, you know, a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. I don't know because I I, I see really... him as like an old man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never really paid much attention to Letterman in the '90s or the early '90s, and yeah. I I've never re- really been a big fan, but I've only like you know, paid attention to him or cared about him in any way since maybe the last five years of his career before yeah. he wound up being a talk show host. Mm-hmm. So to see him as not a grey-haired old man um, was really strange. Mm. I don't know. 
It was. It's weird. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like when you see young George Leno or 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 any of them. I don't know. It's just like, oh yeah, that's right. They're not. They haven't always been grey. Like I said, I've always just seen Letterman as like a really old man, Mm. like a sixty-seven year old man. It'll be kind of reverse, (laughs) you know, because Conan O'Brien's a bit younger and he's still got quite a lot of orange hair. Mm, But you know, when he eventually greys or goes bald or both, it'll be weird to be like, oh, hang on, it's. It's always weird seeing people in contexts that you're not used to seeing them in. Yeah, that's right. Strange. Yeah. Oh, we're all getting older. That's right. Um, other secondary characters before we get into trivia. Uh, there's quite a few extra ones we haven't spoken about. Um, Sue Ellen Mishki makes another appearance. She's played by Brenda Strong, the wonderful Brenda Strong. Uh, Deborah Jo Rupp uh, plays Jerry's booking agent Katie in one of two episodes of Seinfeld. Uh, this one as well. Megan Fay plays the school teacher Mrs. Burns. Fern Fitzgerald plays uh, Miss Wilkie. And Kyle Gass, he's one half of uh, Tenacious D, yep. Jack Black's comedy rock band. He is the smoker outside Monks. That's right. Yes. Uh, also, Jeopardy TV host and producer Alex Trebek also makes an appearance in the scene where George knows the answer to each question on the show. Have you seen um, SNL's uh, Jeopardy impression? No. Uh Will Ferrell is Alex Trebek. Yeah. And I can't remember who the actor is that plays Burt Reynolds, but in the SNL sketch, they're just mortal enemies. <laughs> and Alex Trebek is just at his at wit's end with um, with Burt Reynolds, or mm. whoever's playing Burt Reynolds. Right. And uh, he goes, okay, welcome back to Jeopardy. Uh, l- taking the leaderboard is uh, Burt Reynolds. And then he looks over, but he's changed his name on the scoreboard. <laughs> and he goes, Ugh. Burt Reynolds will now be known as Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> Turd Ferguson. Oh, it's so, so good. Ah, oh, nice. Yep. If you haven't watched it, you, being you, Me, Ivan, yes. or uh, anyone listening, go to YouTube and type in uh, SNL Jeopardy. You yeah. won't regret it. Lovely. Fucking amazing. Lovely. They, they have some great skits. Oh, for sure. Ones, yeah, yeah for Will sure. Ferrell on, on SNL was awesome. Yeah, he would have been amazing. Yes. Anyway, some trivia, Steve. What, if, what have you got, buddy? Uh, okay. Uh, so... When George is talking Portuguese, when he first uh, says uh, something in Portuguese to the waitress, he actually says two coffees and a big salad. That's right. So a nice little reference to another episode. That's right. And grande, salata grande. That's right. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I didn't realize that, but I read this trivia fact and then I watched the episode again today yeah, or yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed it too. Yeah, and he's like, like something, something cafe or something, you know, that sounds like coffee uh, and... What is it? Gra- grande Salate? What? Yeah, it's like Salade Grande. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it does yeah, too. Big salad. Yeah. And I bet you it was for Elaine, the big salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a little, you know, a nod to their own to their own joke. To the season the six episode. Uh, episode, the big salad. That's right. What what uh, trivia do you have? Um, Jerry had a hard time keeping a straight face in the scene where Kramer's been disfigured by the smoke. And I've actually watched outtakes on YouTube because they've got outtakes of like each season. Yeah. And you watch this scene. And even in this scene on the episode, Jerry's trying to hold in his laughter. Do you notice that? No, I didn't pay. I didn't. I I have that down as a trivia fact, yeah, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch any outtakes, or I didn't notice that. But the outtakes, like you watch, I think there's like at least seven, eight of them of that one scene. Some of them, Michael Richards walks in with that look, <laughs> like he doesn't even say a word, and Jerry just pisses himself he just laughing. He just it. he loses it like there and then. He can't he can't deal with it, and then he's like. Trying to hold in his laughter and oh, you got to watch the outtakes of season eight. I will. That part it is amazing. Wow. But yeah, apparently he had a lot of trouble doing it, and it took him several takes to get it right. And huh. uh, Michael Richards refused to break character every take. Awesome. He still stayed. Love the method acting. Yeah, so good. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, throughout George's scenes, uh, when he's smart in the diner, he's seen carrying around the textbook "Chaos and Fractals: New Frontiers of Science." Oh, lovely! Very nerdy. Yeah, I didn't. I missed that one. Yep. Uh, Michael Richards and Phil Morris, the actor who played Jackie Childs, they were actually uh, they worked together previously in the 1987 uh, film Marblehead Manor. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, haven't heard that film. No, me either. Or heard of that film. Neither. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, who plays uh, Elaine's boyfriend in this episode uh, and famously plays Saul Goodman in, in uh, Breaking Bad and Ben Call Saul, he originally auditioned for the part of Phil Totola uh, in Season 5, Episode 16's The Stand-In. That's uh, right, yes. But he lost out to Mark Timshijin. Okay. I think that's how you say his name. Timshijin. Sounds, sounds Polish or... Eastern European or I'm something? sure when we get to that episode, we'll uh, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And also, he auditioned for the role of Duncan in an episode that we've done from season six, The Race. Ah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't get the that. role, though, yes. Did not know that. Interesting. Oh, Do you have any other trivia? <laughs> yes. We both took a breath there. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were like, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and uh, Megan Fay, who plays Mrs. Burns, also worked together on uh, the film Father's Day oh. in 1997. Oh, there you go. Yes, there you go. Oh, is that your phone? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it on airplane mode. Very strange. Oh, very strange. Is your phone? Maybe it's my phone. <laughs> I, think, I think it is. <laughs> Maybe. I've been anyway, turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, while you're checking your phone, uh, some more trivia. So David Letterman's cameo, which is in the credits of the episode in the last scene, uh, was actually filmed at his office at uh, the Ed Sullivan Theatre in New York. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it wasn't filmed in LA like the rest of the show. So, ah, yep. fantastic. One of the only scenes probably in filmed in New York. In yeah, New York, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Very nice. Cool, that's all the trivia I have. Uh, I've got one more. Oh, all right, yep. Yeah, so the, the high school that Jerry speaks at is called the John F. Kennedy Junior High School. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, is actually Edward R. Murrow High School. Yeah, that's on the sign in the episode. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, and the uh, a notable graduate from that high school is actually Marissa Tomei. Oh, who there played you herself go. Uh, in a couple of Seinfeld episodes. That's so, right, and George's yeah. love interest. That's right. Fantastic. That's right. Uh, that's all the trivia I have. Yes. Why don't we get on with some secondary characters? Let's do it. Let's start off with um, Ben. We've mentioned this a couple of times already. Um, at the time, he was, you know, semi-famous and, you know, had a few things going. But now, uh, Bob Odenkirk, man. Killing it. Killing, Killing it. it. Uh, played So Ben was played by actor and writer Bob Odenkirk, uh, most famous for portraying lawyer Sol Goodman in Breaking Bad yep. and its prequel Better Call Saul. Uh, he's also written and starred in acclaimed comedy series Mr. Show with Bob and David alongside uh, fellow comedian David Cross. Uh, and he's also, he's also written for Saturday Night Live, The Ben Stiller Show, and Conan O'Brien's Late Night Show. That's right. And also Get a Life and The Larry Sanders Show. Lovely. And he's also won two Emmys. So he went from a writer, or sort of more of a writer slash actor, to a actor slash writer, and he crushed it on both fronts. He did. He's a very talented man, and he's hilarious. And, he's, and apparently he's just really awesome. Everyone has yeah. a lot of respect for him. Yeah. I listen to a few podcasts about Hollywood and entertainment, and anytime his name is brought up, even if that person that they're talking to hasn't met him, everyone's just like the dude's lovely. Oh, that's he's awesome! Just, he's just a, just a, a just an awesome, awesome guy. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Which is awesome. It is. Uh, but his character not as awesome. No, <laughs> he's a bit shit at life. He's a bit shit at life. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, you know, he didn't pass his medical exam or his license exam. You know, he nearly passed the third time. But yep. um, I just think he. I think he originally had ambitions to be a doctor, but mm. I think he's kind of over it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't want to do medicine anymore. Even when, you know, how um, that guy Carlito falls, I think he's the chef or something, he faints in monks. Yep. He seems pretty plaza, blase about helping him. Yeah. It's just like, like, he doesn't know what to do, but he's just kind of like, oh, I'm not a doctor. Well, it's funny you say that because at first I thought, based on the conversation that he has with Elaine when you first meet him when they're yeah. at the restaurant, yeah. I thought maybe he just had a lot of self-doubt. Like, he's got he's got potential and he really wants it, but his anxiety and self-doubt just sort of work against him. That's what I thought too. I but, thought he was kind of like very... He had low self-esteem and stuff. Yeah, That's what but, I thought. yeah and yeah. I think he does to a certain extent. I'm sure he would feel a bit of shame and regret for failing three times. Um, but the more I watched it, the more I realised that he's just a bit of a slacker. 
He is, yeah. He's just very lazy. Yeah. He probably has potential, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got to be reasonably intelligent to get into med school in the first place. They don't just let anyone in, but... Uh, it just sounds like he always does the... I could imagine him being the sort of person that always does just the bare minimum to get by because um, he just doesn't care any more than that. He doesn't want to do more than what is necessary to achieve his goals. And he makes a lot of mistakes as well. Yeah. Did you notice when George is looking through the microscope and you see Louise's hands on his shoulders saying, George, some intern mixed up my test results. I yes. don't have mono. Yep. It must have been him. That's true. Oh, well, I never... So he clearly, yeah. he, he, may, he fucks up a lot too. Wow. He clearly, he's probably not really known for his quality. Is that, is that like canon of the episode I, that it yeah. is him or is it a coincidence? Oh, well, no, but she, but, she, but she says, she literally says like some intern at the, wow. at the hospital got my test results mixed up because she was diagnosed with mononucleosis, yeah, 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 yeah. but it turns out she never had it. Yeah. So it must Didn't have been Ben put, that, that got it mixed up. It's got to be. It has to be. That's too, that's too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. No, it's got to be. Yeah, wow. I, just, I watched it again today and I'm like, oh, that's Ben. That's... So he's not only slack... But he's shit at his job. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't care. Yep. You know? I can imagine him when he is a doctor. I imagine he, his indemnity insurance uh, <laughs> uh, amount would be huge. Yeah. Because you know, doctors have to take out indemnity insurance in case someone sues them. And uh, the premiums are massive because it's such high risk. I imagine his is like eight times higher than any other doctor. Yeah. And he'll be like, have you ever seen the show House? Yes. Yeah. Um, he'll be like House, except he's not a genius. Yep. He knows shit all. He'll be like lazy. <laughs> yep. Then he'll be like, oh, they probably have cancer. Yep. And then they got like AIDS or something. And he's like, oh, shit. Fuck that one up. He's just got like a spinning wheel of diseases. Yeah. And he's like, hey, doctor, you know, doctor, these are the symptoms. And this is the case file. Can you look over it and tell me what you think? And he's like, yeah, okay. And he goes into his room and he just like spins a wheel. And he's like, I think he's got mono. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think this patient has mono. Everyone, he, Oh, that's just his generic diagnosis yeah. for everything. Mono, 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 mono. Just yeah. mono for everyone. <laughs> just mono for all. I just think he also finds it hard to retain information. Yeah. Because when Elaine's trying to help him study, mm. he's like, oh, you, I forgot the name of the disease. But it's like, no, it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. You know, so he just has trouble retaining information. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. dumb or he somehow lucked his way into medical school. I think he's just lazy. And I imagined him like in college or in med school. I reckon he would have been one of those students who prioritised partying and socialing over study. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, college and university is a fun, you know, should be a fun time as well. But uh, I can imagine him prioritising studying and, uh, you know, and, and his responsibilities as a med student last, hmm. as opposed to the, the fun aspect of it. Yeah. You know. But what's really awesome, it's, it's great to see more alumni from Breaking Bad. For who, sure. Who were in Seinfeld. Indeed. You know, him and Brian Cranston. Yeah. Fabulous. What sort of doctor? Because he said he hates dead bodies. Yeah. Uh, and and blood. So what sort of doctor do you think he would have been, you know, now that he's a doctor, once he graduated, uh, once he passed the exam? Oh, God. Well, know? I don't know the names of the diseases that he was studying for. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Oh, uh, no, no. Like, do you think, could you imagine him as like a surgeon or a GP or a cardiologist? Well, not a surgeon because he says he doesn't like dead bodies. It's true. So, you know. That's true. Probably know. would have caused a lot of dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, he'll be like House. Yeah. You know. The opposite of House. But but House is a genius and knows what he's doing. That's yeah. the thing. He's lazy. He's not lazy, but he's very self-loathing and misanthropic. Yeah. But he's actually good at his job. Yeah. And he, he can and back he, it up. And he actually has a good heart. He cares. Yeah. Whereas this guy would be like, oh, fuck, I got the wrong diagnosis. Oh, well. Now that I think about <laughs> <laughs> about it a bit more, and I think this is sort of relying on on TV and movie tropes. 
I could imagine maybe his whole family were doctors mm-hmm. and he didn't want to be a doctor. Maybe he wanted to be something a bit less prestigious. And his parents wanted him to. Uh, yeah, and he's know, just do doing it. it. His heart's not really in it, but he's doing it because of family pressure maybe. Um, you know, but once he once he graduates, he realizes, oh, hang on, now I can be, now I've got the respect of my family and they're going to be finally off my back. And now I've got access to, you know, to more wealth, prestige, and uh, hotter women than Elaine. And so I think... 10 know, years later, he changed his name, moved to Albuquerque, and became a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> a slippery lawyer. <laughs> slippery lawyer. Yeah, 10 years later. That's, or 15 that's years exactly later, what whatever happened. it is. Yeah. Well, we, we theorized that about uh, Tim as well. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, you know, he, he changed his identity, moved to, and, to Albuquerque, and became, became a chemistry, t- chemistry teacher. Yeah. And then he became a, a, a meth lord. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. It's yeah. all in the same universe. It is. Mad yes. about you, Breaking Bad and Seinfeld, all set in the same universe. <laughs> yeah. And friends. If, if Breaking Bad was on NBC, then I'd be convinced. Yeah, like, yeah for sure, no. for sure. <laughs> we could probably find some link other than the actors. It's probably like a producer or a writer that's worked on both. Yeah, but it's great to see Bob's an awesome guy. Oh, he's And, and he's gone on to great things. Yeah, Wonderful indeed. Things. Good yeah, on him. All deserved. Lovely. Let's talk about uh, Katie. He is, uh, she, she is Jerry's... He? Yeah, she is she. Jerry's booking agent in the episode. That's right. She also appears in Season 6's The Diplomats Club. That's right. Uh, she's played by Deborah Jo Rupp. Uh, she's most famous for portraying the character Kitty Foreman in That 70s Show. And uh, she's also appeared in the films Big and the 2004 version of Garfield. Yep. And she also had a small role in Friends. Mm. Yes. Yes. Uh, she, first of all, she's very thorough. She's very, uh, oh, she is, very yes. informative. She is. Uh, very much an over-explainer. Yes. And gives way too much information. And uh, and. I think she just vocalizes all of her thoughts. Yeah. You know, stuff that she thinks, she just speaks. Yeah. There's no there's no filter between her brain and her mouth. It just all comes out. And she's very yeah, you're right, she's very thorough. And also like when she says that she booked Jerry to the assembly at junior high, she goes grades what, six to eight. That's, that's six, six seven. that's seven. Yeah. That's, she's very thorough, precise. I reckon she documents everything. Yep. She's know. a highly organized person. Highly organized person, but uh she probably seems a bit too mollycoddling as yeah. well. Like yep. Jerry kind of wants someone to kind of be there but kind of bit backing off. Well, Jerry just Bruce. needs the key information. Like, you, I booked you a show at this date, at this city. <laughs> I on know this date. where Ohio is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard you know, of Ohio. He doesn't need all the extraneous <laughs> stuff. Just yeah, like, yeah. you're playing in, you know, Baltimore on July 8th. You know, I booked you a flight. These are the dates. This is how much you're getting paid. Other than that, that's her job is to do all the all, yeah, the, right. all the minor details. He doesn't care. Yeah. He just wants to go talk about homework and then get his money and piss off. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at first, I thought she was being very condescending, but then I realized... No, I, I think, think just the way she is. I think she's a good-natured person. Yeah, yeah. I think I think with her, she is a highly anxious person. Yeah, she definitely and is. And by, by reveling in details and, and over-explaining everything... Uh, that's just her form of control. Yeah, you know, to to get some calm and and feel control about you know her life. I guess. Um, I thought as well that because she's so intense and because she's quite, uh, you know, I imagine she'd put off a lot of clients. So I reckon, and based on her office as well, there are a few scenes where she's on the phone to Jerry, and you can see her office. It doesn't look like she works in a big office. You know, mm. she doesn't work for a big booking agency. I reckon she just works for herself, and she would have one, maybe two clients. At the most, at all times, probably because a lot of people don't want to work with her because no. of her intensity and over explaining. Yeah, but also for her, I think managing one or two clients and giving them lots of information, then having ten or fifteen clients and just sort of half-assing their careers would wouldn't wouldn't be how she operates. Something tells me she's a part-time booking agent. Oh, okay. I reckon she probably has kids, and then you know she's mm. really like motherly. She's probably like. Tells her kids like all the instructions and all the itty bitty details. And yep. this is in your lunchbox. I've put these in your lunchbox, yeah. and I've done this and I've done that. 
Okay. You know, I reckon she's just very... I think she, she brings a lot of her motherly qualities into her job. Uh, and it's probably a part-time thing. That's just yep. my guess. Okay. I don't know. Just no, no, I, I don't see her as a full-time agent. And like you said, she only has like a few clients. Yeah. She probably just does it on the side. One, you, you know, know, maybe Jerry and maybe Banya. <laughs> oh, Banya's her other client. <laughs> they just out-punish each other. Yeah. Well, you know... Uh, well, you're with a booking agent, so you could probably ask her how uh, how it all works. True. <laughs> does, she, does she give like all the meticulous details? No. no. She's like, you're performing here and that's it? Yeah. She yeah. literally just goes, hey, I got you a gig. Here are the details. Here's my, how much you're getting paid. Nice. And then it's her job to take care of all the nitty gritty. Yeah. You know, they just turn, the DJ is just, Ivan's referencing the fact that my partner's a DJ booking agent. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, booked the, her in a school assembly in front of the whole class, the whole know, junior high. They cancelled Rick James, the super freak. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky, 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 what's the deal with homework? Rue, you're not working from home. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Yes. Let's talk about um, Katie. Oh, sorry, no, Louise. Louise, yes. Yes. Uh, played by actress Tamara Bick, uh, known for appearing in, I've never heard of these films, Honey and Joy and Coma. Yes. Must be a pretty comatose movie. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Um, yeah, not many acting uh, roles. No. Nothing really significant. I think this episode's one of her major yeah. roles. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what happened to her. Um, but yeah, Louise. Um, yeah, I mean, well, allegedly, originally diagnosed with mono. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out she doesn't have it. She's pretty into sex too. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty uh, keen on George. Yeah, I think it's been a while. I think it's been a while too, yes. Yeah, I think uh, the difference between her and George, you know, when Jerry goes, six weeks, that's nothing. You've done six weeks before and George goes, I can do six weeks standing Standing on my head. Standing on my head, exactly. Is that she always has the prospect of sex. So six weeks of no sex for her is torture. Six weeks for George is normal. Do you think they had doesn't... sex before the misdiagnosis? No. No, no, they haven't. No. They probably started dating or something. The impression that I got was that, yeah, it was a new relationship yeah, uh, or new enough that they hadn't had sex yet. Uh, and they were about to, but then she had mono. Yeah. And that's probably why she was uh, she was very keen when she found out it was a false diagnosis as well. Yeah, Ben fucked it up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the intern. And so did George. Yeah, that's right. And intern didn't fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> this is so many exciting things. I hate you, George. <laughs> yeah, I hate you. So many exciting things, like the Adam. Yeah. That's it. I'm I, like it. I like it when she leaves and George goes, huh. What an interesting turn of events. Yeah. <laughs> so sort of uh, pr- professorial and like, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Very, very considered. A simple uh, joke from a simple man <laughs> <laughs> to Jerry. So funny. I like smart George. He's funny. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Independent George is a bit shitty. <laughs> Relationship George is very shitty. Yep. But Professorial George. Yeah. Very good. Love him. Indeed. Six games. <laughs> I love that. Look. Yeah, and six games. Yeah, six games. We won the World Series. Yep. Six games. Are you the one that put us in the what is it like the 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 travel lodge in Tampa or the something? Mad, the Mandarin. Yeah. Tampa. Yeah, and he goes. You got you guys want to you know talk about hotels or do you want to win some ball games? We, we won, won the World Series. Six games. Six games. Yeah, I love that little facial expression. It's so it's good. So such a jerk. Six games. Yeah, even smart George can be a bit of a jerk. Oh, he can. Yeah, yep. there's always a bit of jerkiness in George. It'll always come out. Always. Uh, so Louise, I was trying to figure out maybe what she did, nah, or I wouldn't have a clue. Well, through a few clues, and I'm probably reaching. Oh, let me guess. You you paused and you had a look at her house. I did. Yeah. Okay. That's that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, she has quite a few books and quite a few tapes, and I zoomed in on some of the tapes, and some of them are actually books, like uh, audio books. And judging on the way she talks as well, she's quite like calm. She's not she's not very animated or expressive. Mm. Yeah, I think she would be maybe like a therapist or something because she dresses quite conservatively and in very plain clothes, and all of those things together just made me think maybe she's a psychologist or a therapist or something involved with 
talking with people. Okay. Because um, she's got a very measured, <laughs> a almost monotone voice. A sexologist. A sexologist. <laughs> she could be a sexologist. She could be a sex therapist <laughs> or a knows? relationship therapist. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I, I couldn't pick it. Yeah, no that's idea. that's just that's sort of the impression that I got. Yeah. You know, to quote the Mighty Mighty Boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. to their career, 1998 to 1998. <laughs> <laughs> them, and, them and Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, they were 1997. Yeah, they were 97, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mrs. Burns. Uh, yes. Hello, my name is Mrs. Burns. I believe you have a letter for me. <laughs> uh, played by... <laughs> Played by Fern Fitzgerald. Oh, no, sorry. Wrong actress. Played Megan by Megan Faye. That's the one. Known for appearing in the films Magnolia and Barton Fink. Great 90s films. Yep. Uh, she's also appeared in the TV shows Malcolm in the Middle, Bones, and Six Feet Under in various episodes. And Roseanne. Uh, Roseanne as well, yes. Yep. I loved her character. Yeah. Which was great. Yep. You know, she's kind of like cheeky as well. Yeah. And yes, and she's like, oh, they love the, uh, they love the lizard. Mm. You know, got yeah, bumped I'm- by the zoo guy. I didn't mind her character either. Yeah, she, she was has, funny. She was great. Yeah, she has quite a few uh, sides to her personality. She's yeah. very sweet and yeah, like trying be, to like be quirky too. Yeah, trying I like to that. yeah trying to like soften the blow to Jerry getting uh, kicked off the, the the performance. But you know, when she's got to take care of business and make sure all the kids evacuate, she just put single on, file Jerry puts on a principal face. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. She, I liked her character. She yeah, was no, great. She, she was really cool. Was I wish she was in it for more. Yeah, I wish so too. But oh, anyway, oh. but you know, some characters like for me, Mary Cantati, who's in my top mm. ten. You know, sometimes it just takes like 30 seconds or a minute of airtime and less you, you've sold more. me yeah this is more yeah that's it miss wilkie the last character that i have uh played by fern fitzgerald for those dallas fans out there i've never watched dallas in my life uh she's famous for portraying the character marilee stone yes from that famous show i've got no idea what that is and um this was her last role as she retired from acting after this episode oh huh. yeah okay interesting she did yes uh yeah, I mean, she. I, I think she's just a corporate lawyer. Yes, yeah, think she, corporate lawyer. Yeah, you know, gets you paid seen, quite well. Have you seen the movie Thank You for Smoking? No. It's got the I can't remember his name. But Aaron he, Eckhart, isn't it? Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a lobbyist for oh, tobacco. Right. You know, for tobacco. A, for tobacco. Right. Yeah. And he's a you know he's a smooth talker. He's really slick. He knows how to manipulate situations so that. He's, you know, he's just an awesome lobbyist. Yeah. Even though she's a lawyer, I reckon she kind of operates on the same level of being, you know, if 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 there was some sort of like tricky tobacco legislation coming through, I reckon she'd be on a plane to Washington on behalf of all the tobacco companies trying to like schmooze all the politicians and lawmakers. Uh, yeah, I just got that Im- that impression from her where she manipulates a situation so that it doesn't actually work against the tobacco company. I mean, she... I think she senses Kramer's vanity, you know, because yeah. he can be vain sometimes. That's kind of like when he, in that episode, The Pick, where Kramer goes to Calvin Klein because they rip off the ocean or yep. the beach, yep. you know, they turn, become the ocean or it becomes the ocean, the, the perfume. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we'll find something for you. Exactly. He's just easy, easily manipulative. Yeah. Manipulating. I, or, no, manipulative. No, shit. What is it? Manipulatable. Manip- so I'm trying to be like Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no not, Portuguese. He's not good. <laughs> he's not... Very good. He's not very good. Spoon. Spoon. Yeah, Spoon. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, even in uh, what's the episode where he sells all of his stories for Peterman to Peterman for seven hundred and fifty bucks? Yeah, yeah which yeah. is not a lot for your own intellectual property. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the Calvin Klein ad, uh, and the cigarette ad. I think he's just easily bought. He's easily bought, and also yeah. he Kramer mentions that his face is his biggest asset. That's right. And you know the fact that the tobacco company got in before they spoke to Jackie and said, "Why don't we put you on?" You know, on Times Square there, and he's like, "Yeah, sick." Yep, yeah. I think I think she's quite a um, quite a, a smooth talker, quite a worker. Probably a bit unethical. Probably a bit of a 
bit of a, uh, a dodgy lobbyist lawyer type yeah. person. Bit of a goof. How did the hell do they get his photo in the cowboy outfit? Don't know. <laughs> it must have happened that morning. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just rocked up and said, yeah, don't actually, tell Jackie. now that I think about so it, how, unless, how unless like happen? two or three weeks have passed since... Uh, no, but she says, I'll give you your offer tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's right. Wow. Yeah, they took a photo and put up a billboard. Not even just a billboard, <laughs> but like a digital... Yeah. Wow. I never thought oh of that. Oh, my God. It's yeah. like, what? Wow. How did they maybe, do- maybe it was just a, an ab with like a blank face and then they just put his face <laughs> up there. <laughs> maybe. You know, or maybe it was already there and they just replaced his face. Or maybe it was know. like the old Marlboro man. Yeah. Like an old Marlboro man billboard and they just stuck his face on yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's who he was trying to... You know, that's who that the was. Marlboro man. Yeah, Marlboro yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I actually kind of liked her character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't she know. Was, she was just she was very slippery. Yeah, yes. just very, yeah, very cunning. Yeah, you know, she she, is, yeah. she picked up on Kramer's uh, manipulatableness. Yes, manipulatableness. <laughs> Manipulality. And she knew that, yeah, she knew that Kramer could be manipulated and she knew that she had the tobacco com- industry behind her. Yep. So she was like, yeah, sick. Indeed. They'll, they'll bankroll me. That's right. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other notes on anyone? Uh, not for me. What are the ones that you have? Uh, so I have just a couple of notes on Larry the Cook. He's played by uh, Lawrence Manley. Yep. He's acted in ER, Mad About You. Uh-huh. And also It's Always Sunny. As Sunny. Larry the Cook. Yes. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. Um, I was surprised by how quickly uh, he was over it. At the at the at the at the booth, telling yeah. Kramer to get out, like he was just there. Because George is Boom. like, you can't smoke in here, and then bang. He was, yeah, he, he just, just rocks like, up in the next frame. It's like, oh shit! Yeah. He's a very physically intimidating man. He is, doesn't yes. take any shit. No, he doesn't. Um, I reckon he runs a real tight kitchen. He does definitely. You know, I don't reckon he has any absenteeism, any any fucked up orders because he's a. He, I reckon he's a hard ass. And he probably saw Kramer smoking from yeah. the kitchen, and he's like, shit, yep. I gotta go get him. Maybe he's on just higher alert when Kramer walks in. He, <laughs> he knows that Kramer will do something yeah, dumb yeah, yeah. or something, you know, so like when he sees Kramer in there, yeah. he doesn't know what he's gonna do, yeah, yeah. but he's got an extra eye on him just because it's Kramer, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, okay, so you can make all the laws you want, he'll still bother people. Yeah, that's Jerry. <laughs> so good. Such a good dig <laughs> at him. bother people. Yes. yes. Yeah, I reckon mm. he's just a hard-ass who runs a real tight ship. He does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've got notes on Smoker, played by Carl Gass, from the uh, famous rock duo Tenacious D. Yes. Also also has Jack Black in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Black in them. Jack Black. You in said in them. them. In oh, them. Yeah. Oh. Tenacious D have Jack Black in them. In the band. In the band. In the duo. In them. You said, I thought you meant inside them. I was like, what? No. <laughs> Figuratively speaking, yeah. not literally. Maybe. You know, it gets lonely on tour. Yeah. Who knows? I guess. Who knows? Once you try Black, you never go back. What does that D Jack stand Black? for? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Very tenacious. <laughs> Tenacious dick. A tribute to the Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> Loves the Tenacious D. No, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He's um obviously another victim, a more victim, quote unquote, much like Kramer. Yes. He's, uh, he's, he's uh, put out by well, the non-smoking laws. Larry probably told him to piss off as well. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, I uh, The only thing I have about him is, other than that he's a smoker, is that I don't think he likes cold weather very much. Because if you look at the group of smokers, mm. he's the only one wearing a beanie and scarf. Yeah. But everyone else is wearing a hoodie or a jacket. Mm-hmm, yeah. So maybe he just has a low tolerance for cold weather. Maybe he's from LA. Got. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Not used to the cold weather. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Uh, and that's all I've got. Yeah, cool. They're nice. all the secondary characters from Season eight's The Abstinence. And uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up the episode. Uh, I've got a Seinfeldism. Do you have one, Steve? Yes. Yeah, you do. Fantastic. This week's Seinfeld trivia and, uh, yeah, more shenanigans on Bibblebass. Hey, you should come over. Tonight's fight night. Look <laughs> <laughs> in your face. It looks like an old catcher's myth. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
all craggly. It's crinkly. It's from all that smoke. You've experienced a lifetime of smoking in 72 hours. What did you expect? Lymphocema, birth defects, cancer, but not this. You know, my face is my livelihood. Well, I, everything I have, I owe to this face. It's my allure, my, my twinkle. You know, and your, your, teeth, your teeth are all brown. <laughs> Look away, I'm... Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We are talking about the abstinence, mm. and uh, Ivan's going to give us this week's Seinfeldia. Well, before we do, uh, I forgot to mention before the break, uh, where does the abstinence sit in your top 68 episodes we've done? Uh, I haven't ranked it. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Officially. Yeah. Uh, but I, just off the top of my head, I'm going to say somewhere in the 30s. 30s. Yeah. It's a solid ep. I really like George's storyline, as you said at the very start of yeah. uh, this pod, uh, and I like... A few of the scenes. So the the scene uh, at Jackie Charles's office with um, the lawyer and Kramer, amazing. Yeah. Um, I really like the uh, brain metaphor, oh, the lettuce yeah, metaphor yeah. for for the lettuce, brain. the head of lettuce. Yes. Uh, yep. That yes. George, uh, or that, sorry, that Jerry does makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Um, Elaine's storyline. Yeah. Yeah, a bit iffy. I yeah. didn't like Ben the character either. No, he was, was just kind different. of yeah. Just. Yeah. I didn't like Louise much either. No. Yeah. No. Um. Typical episode where the good parts are really good, the weaker parts are yeah, hit or yeah, miss. Yeah. Nothing overly awful in the episode, but just there's too much average in it for me to rank it higher. Fair enough. What about you? Uh, for me, much lower than I thought, number 52. Oh, wow. Number 68. Yeah, I mean, like, George's subplot was fab, Like, and, and Jason Alexander's performance is probably one of his best in the series. Oh, in this what an episode. interesting turn of events. Yeah, wouldn't, yeah indeed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I found the other plots to be a bit weak okay. as well. Um, you know, the whole Jerry Junior High thing. You know, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there's just a lot more better episodes. Yeah. More memorable episodes. For sure, for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, any secondaries make your top 20? Nah. Nah. Special mention to Mrs. Burns. I thought she was a great character. You do like but, her? Yeah, but she doesn't make my top 20. No. Mm-hmm. No characters so far this season. Or actually, only one, Bruce from the Chinese restaurant, has made my top 20 yep. uh, this season. So, who knows? Maybe others might rock up. Still got a long way to go. Indeed. Some might surprise me. Who knows? Uh, Seinfeldia. So, today's Seinfeld trivia. While shooting the Seinfeld finale, a security guard was stationed on the set around the clock because random items were starting to disappear. Oh, wow. Including raisins, a.k.a. Huh. the pilot. <laughs> like the pilot. The ghost of Lawrence <laughs> Tini came back and... Oh, and no, stole. he died after the finale. Yeah, he he did, died yes. in 2002, I think. Yeah, he did, yes. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he was on set stealing stuff. I was referencing the pilot because you know how the actor who plays Kramer, mm. you know how the raisins go missing? Sorry, I thought you said the finale. I just had no, a no, brain fart there. No, no, that was in the finale. No, yeah. no, in the finale. So, yeah, no, yeah. What, what I mean was... No, no, I, I understand the reference What now. I mean is stuff getting stolen reminded me of the pilot yeah, in yeah. season four, yep. where the actor who played Kramer is alleged to have stolen the box of raisins. Yep, you know? and then you see him later eating the raisins. Eating the raisins, yeah. That's yep. what it reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. True. Yes. Uh, you have a Seinfeldism. I do have one, yes. And I did send this one to you. Um, my partner and I, my other half, we went to a lovely restaurant in the suburb of Port Melbourne in the inner city. It's... Uh, yeah, nice, very, a bit industrial, but a nice part of the world. You know, you get to see, like, the boats and stuff, and it's near the bay, which is fantastic. Uh, we ate, um, you know, we had seafood and stuff. We had a three-course meal, and one of the options that we could pick from uh, in the mains was the big salad. Nice. Yes. Awesome. It was literally, like, ten kinds of vegetables, and you picked your meat or fish if you wanted it. But I wonder how big it was. I, I don't know. I wonder I'd... if they can back that up with a real big salad, yeah, or if it's they just, like... Have. It's like, yeah, it's an okay size salad. Mm. It's not huge. But I was thinking maybe the chef is like a Seinfeld van. Maybe. Because it's literally called Big Salad. Big Salad. Yeah. 
Hmm. I was like, shit, I better take a photo of this. Yeah, definitely worthy. <laughs> I, I knew you'd like it. Yeah, no, yes. I really like that one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I have three. Oh, yes. Yeah, so because I was in Brisbane, a whole new city full of unexplored and unexploited and undiscovered Seinfeldisms, uh, I was in a shop in West End in Brisbane, and they had uh, a bunch of Seinfeld-themed uh, cards, like greeting cards and Christmas cards and stuff. They were awesome. Uh, and I was in a couple of days later. I was at an op shop, which uh, to our American listeners is a thrift store uh, in a suburb in Brisbane called Paddington. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I go into an op shop or a cash converters or any sort of secondhand store, I always uh, go and check out the DVDs to see if there's any uh, Seinfeld DVDs. Most of the time there isn't because yeah. I imagine they get snapped up pretty quickly. I could imagine, yes. But yeah. uh, this yeah. op shop in Paddington actually had season seven of Seinfeld. Fantastic. So I was pretty happy about that. That was like when you went to Bendigo and they had those yep. DVDs, didn't they? Yeah. The op shop? Uh, yep, in Adelaide and also in Bendigo. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that's beauty. what I mean. I always, beauty. If I ever walk past a cash converters or a secondhand shop or anything, I'll always uh, anywhere that sells secondhand DVDs, <laughs> uh, I'll always check. Most of the time they don't, but uh, yeah, sometimes I get lucky. Nice. What else have you got? The third one, about two months ago I talked uh, probably a bit too much about the band Grindfeld yeah, uh, yeah. the, gr- the grind band who sing about Seinfeld and all their songs are named after Seinfeld episodes so good and uh, I ordered their EP I think it came out mid-November and I ordered a t-shirt forgot about it and uh, while I was away it came and when I got back it was uh, a nice surprise on my on my desk very nice I opened it up and I wore it for two days and uh, now it's in the wash can you wear it next week yes yeah. I will I'll, I'll wear that as we're recording Bid Bass just oh, to like channel more Seinfeld beauty yes love it I gotta yep. get one too yeah no, they're <laughs> awesome so. awesome yes uh, anything else we need to do this week that's bit, it man. we've had a few weeks I'm a bit rusty I'm like yeah. no, no no we're, we're fine we're, we're, we're fine we had, we had a few things to tide you all over you know while we were away for a couple of weeks that's but, right uh, yeah next week we're going to season three, I'm going to eat some Drake's coffee cake. You can't because it's vegan. <laughs> and we're going to avoid our uh, neighbours' comatose husbands. Uh, we're talking about the suicide. Nice. Yeah. So I like this episode. Yeah, it's a good one. Newman uh, Newman has a good spot in this one too. He does. He yeah, does. So funny. Yep. Yes. If you want to reach out to us, uh, you can send us an email, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias at bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And also we are on Patreon if you want to sign up and listen to um, you know, season 10 episodes that we've already done. Plus, you get all other Bidwabask perks as well, which is great. Um, by the time this episode's come out, you would have already heard episode one of season 10. So let us know what you think. I mean, it was a, it's a thing that we, we're wanting to do for a, it was like kind of spontaneous, but something we kind of wanted to do for a while as well, but we didn't know how. But, uh, yeah, we were really wrapped that we brought out episode one last week. So, uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a new type of thing for us. Um, as podcasters and just as people. I've yep. never really written anything. Um, and, yeah, it's been cool so far. So if you enjoy it, yeah, let us know. Yeah, please. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Bibba Bask Shenanigans. And, uh, yeah, you have a good time. <laughs> <laughs>